Welcome to Get Together, a community podcast for fans where we cover all things games, entertainment, and technology exclusively on the GET Network. I'm your host, Buddha. I'm here alongside my good friend, Showtime. Happy weekend, everybody. We made it. We made it. We made it. And we can't thank you enough for setting aside some of your time to be here with us today. Together, we'll be bringing you the latest about games, entertainment, and tech all from around the world that happened this week. So Showtime, what's up? How you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. Uh, I got the Steam Deck OLED order in, so I'm mad hyped. The limited edition, one terabyte. Can't wait till that thing comes in. Uh, I'm mad excited for that, to be honest. Mad excited. Um, Half-Life 1. I don't know if you ever heard of that game, but uh, apparently it's all on Steam. It's 25th anniversary, it's, um, it's and it's free 99 if you go get it on Steam right now. Well, as of this recording, which is which is you know the day before, so check that out. Make sure you go cop that. It's free 99. Um, I cop that today, so I can't wait to play that when the, when the Steam deck rolls in. Um, I also been on a little bit of Diablo and. Um, Harry Potter, so I'm just getting through games. I got a big backlog. Yeah, that that backlog is crazy. I've just been <laughs> trying Facts. trying to take care of Cyberpunk. I'm, uh-huh. I, I I ended at level 13 when it first came out, and I was like, I'm gonna just wait for everything to be done. And now that uh, the Cyberpunk 2.0 and Phantom Liberty came out, and now that mm-hmm. I have a gaming PC with some ray tracing, I decided hey. to transfer to that, and yes, I'm up there almost at level 40, just right. embracing it, embracing it all. The RPG, as you should, as you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, just catching up on TV, and okay, and you know, just I got a backlog of TV, backlog of anime, backlog of nice. games, backlog of comics. Nice. It's just, it's just back all the way in the back, all the way back. I got. Time, nothing but time. Right. But speaking of time, I want to make sure we appreciate your time and let you know that on this week's episode, we'll be talking about Netflix adding games to their streaming platform. The Game Award nominees was announced this week. Marvel Spotlight. Mm, and what does that mean? Pedro Pascal is the new Mr. Fantastic. Apple added RCS to iPhone and how that affects Android users and so much more. So whether you're a gamer, a movie TV buff, or a tech geek, GTE Network with Get Together, the podcast, is here for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're going to get into the first topic today. In gaming, it is Hades leads a major wave of games you can play on Netflix in 2024. Polygon by Toussaint Egan and Ali Welsh. Netflix has been investing heavily into gaming over the past few years in its continued effort to become the Netflix of, well, everything. In addition to acquiring and building game studios, nabbing big game talent, and moving into cloud gaming, the streamer is making a concerted effort to make the Netflix app a competitive destination for subscription-based mobile gaming. Though, as of now, less than 1% of all Netflix users take advantage of the service. List of some of the announced games that happened this week that hopefully can raise that 1% a little bit higher. They have Hades, which was a 2021 DICE Award Game of the Year. It is exclusive to iOS. That's a a big move. Mm. Braid Anniversary Edition. Chicken Run. 
Extraction. It's a clever name. Clever name. Okay. Death's Door. Katana Zero. Money Heist. Shadow and Bone. Into the Fold. And the Dragon Pricks. Zadia. So, so Keys, um, you have Netflix by any chance? Yeah, definitely. I got that premium plus Netflix package going on. I got oh, the uh, with the HDR. Yeah, because I got I guess, a smart TV. I got the Sony X900H, uh, which came out with the PS5. So you can change uh, to Netflix like dark mode, Netflix light mode. So I want to see all that. Like I bought yeah. the TV. I need to use it. Like, yeah, so uh, exactly, exactly. So uh, great TV. Uh, I'm excited for Netflix, though. I'm excited for Netflix. Uh, Netflix is coming out here to Jersey, so I'm that excited. Uh, I hope they got some great things coming to Jersey. I might just have to apply, like, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Why not, right? So are you part of that 1% of Netflix users that play games? I'm not, but I'm definitely excited that it's iOS. I got, a, I got an Apple phone, so I'm very excited. Very excited. Right, right, right. Um, I've dabbled into the mobile games a little bit, and the ones that I was playing, it was on Android only. Um, mm. so that's why it's interesting that Hades is exclusive to iOS. So it seems like I believe Supergiant Games, the creators of the game, they wanted to release it on iOS, and they were probably going to do it yeah. anyway. But here right. with Netflix, you get an extra check, and you get the extra marketing oh, yeah. push, and you know some extra development time to you know iron out everything you need to iron out and make sure the game is the best it can be on mobile because you know right. android is many devices and it's going to take even more time so maybe you can use some of the funding and the profit that you make from getting this game and getting the players yeah. use that to development of the android version and the sky's the limit from there facts facts and i will say like apple's doing their thing out here like you know the fact that they is exclusive <laughs> exclusive is a big word to right. be honest exclusive is a big word right um but you know what else is exclusive though what that playstation portal mm. that just dropped not mm. too long ago Ooh, the playstation portal review by ign sony's first party remote play device works great but has a few baffling omissions by seth g macy I did not think for a second I was going to be impressed by the PlayStation Portal. Sony's small screen remote play solution for the PS5 with remote play already working great on tablets and phones and controller solutions like the Backbone designed specifically for playing the console games remotely. The Portal seemed like a solution to the problem no one had. Why spend $200 on a single purpose device when there are much cheaper solutions already available? And yet, after spending time with the PlayStation Portal, I gotta say, this thing rules. Play not to say I wouldn't change anything about it. In fact, it has some missing features that had me scratch my head, but my initial skepticism has been replaced by enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So how you how you feel about the PlayStation Portal? Well, PlayStation Portal, um, I have a I have a nice little name for it. I call it the the Dad Station. And the reason why I call it the dad station, or it could be the mom station, or maybe even the parent right. station. You know, yeah, the parent right. station, you get to keep with the name PSP with the parent station. So let's let's stick with that. It's the parents portable, or the mm. parents portal. Okay, and yeah. let's say you 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 have kids, or you just have your significant other at the living room, and you want to play your game on the best TV in the house with the best sound system in the house. Yeah, but 
that best TV is being used to watch Bachelor or to watch football mm. or to watch Lulu Melon, mm. and you don't get a chance to actually use your brand new PS5 that you've been trying to use. Yeah. So yeah. you get the PS Portal, and you get to sit on the couch. You still get to be with the family. You get to be and interact with everybody. You could pause. You just suspend and resume how mm. a portable device can use. And you still get to play your game at the same time without missing the beat, right. using the same exact controller that you will be using. Mm-hmm. So that's another plus with a big old screen, a $200 price point. I mean, it's, it's a very niche market, but that's why I said right. it's the, the parent portable. I would say, yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I don't like the fact that it's an, only a 1080p screen, but I get it. For a $200 price point, um, I guess you can have it at 1080p but um i definitely want to see something bigger something nice oled oled's the new mm. oled is the new um maybe for a ps5 pro we'll see i don't maybe. know maybe maybe there'll be a playstation portal 4k mm-hmm. or for PlayStation and, OLED. and hopefully um you know I don't know. Like it gotta be great. It gotta be great. But I understand this. I understand with like the mom and mom and dad and uh, uh, portable. Um, definitely, yeah. I could definitely see like my. Uh, I'm sitting there watching Coco Melon with you know my little uh, nephew or whatever. Like you know, I you know I got the I got the portable in hand. Um, I would like to see like a little screen like right here, like in the middle. I know what I'm talking about. Like right here. Not n- nothing, nothing big uh, for the PS5 Pro, maybe, um, but nothing big like this. I mean, I, I get it though. I get it. I definitely get it. And we got another um, one from Devendra Hardware. She says Sony has apparently learned nothing from the success of the Nintendo Switch and Steam Deck, or from its own portable system like the Vita and PSP, for that matter. The PlayStation Portal, yes, technically it's another PSP. It is a $200 handheld system that can only stream games from the PlayStation 5. There aren't any built-in apps. It can't play anything locally. And there's no connection to Sony's cloud game streaming service. It's purely a streaming window into your PS5, hence the name. Its downsides are so immediately apparent that it's unclear why anyone should get one. You could, for example, spend $100 for a backbone controller to stream games from your phone, or you can use any existing gamepad to access the PlayStation Remote app on a phone, table, Mac, or Windows PC. There are so many better ways to access games on the go. The PlayStation Portal already feels obsolete before it launches. Mmm. Wow. That's tough. That's, That's two opposite sides of the spectrum in the reviews right there. One person yeah. was skeptical and they found that, hey, is there's actually a purpose right. for it. And I this mean, one you is gotta, like, hey, there is no purpose yeah. for it. You gotta you gotta you gotta look uh, uh keep it real. She's keeping it real. It's yeah. keeping it real. Yeah. Um I understand. But that's I all mean, it is. Yeah, I understand. That's all it is. So I, with, um, with this with this Sony is able to hit all the markets essentially. You have if you just want to have your, your cell phone and you want to get a backbone for hundred dollars, you can. For extra hundred dollars, right. you can get a, a dedicated device. Or you want right. to play on your your Mac or your PC, you can do that. You want to play on your PS4, you can do that. So right. the more options, the better. I always champion options. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so what would you compare this to, like? Uh, a Steam Deck or uh, Asus ROG or uh, Legion Go. What would you compare? This I would to? compare this closer to a Logitech G Cloud. 
was this mm. is and even less so than that because even then you can run things natively like since that runs android i can download uh angry birds or uh, asphalt 9 or something like that or even a call of duty mobile and a genshi impact but with the playstation portal you can't because it's literally just a cloud or a mm. remote play device from your ps5 and you gotta have wi-fi in order to do it um, they were talking about that this is just the first step and they might be adding cloud later on. So who knows? We, we'll see from there. But from here, this is right. a, a specific dedicated market that they're just trying to tap. And they're trying to hold people over from getting the devices that you talked about, the ROG Ally, the Steam OLED, the Steam Deck mm -hmm. OLED, Nintendo Switch. They want to keep people in that ecosystem. And this is like kind of like a stopgap that they hope would just hold mm. you over until they allow you to stream PlayStation 5 games directly to it. Okay. Hey, you heard it here first. Yes, sir. The GET network. So what we talk about next, uh, we got the Game Awards. Ooh. The Game Awards. Every year, every year. Every year. Um... This year, the Game Awards will be held on December 7th, 2023. Game of the Year, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. And we got some big publishing companies, Epic Games Publishing, Larian Studios, Insomniac Games, Capcom, Nintendo, and, and Nintendo got two on this list. They do. Oh, they do. Double time. So, what you thinking? Game of the year. I don't know. If I was a betting man, I would say Baldur's Gate 3. Mm. Um, but I'm a little biased because I love Remedy. And Remedy is the reason why even in this space, I'm even playing video games because they created the Max Payne series. And Max Payne 2 was the first video game when I was in high school on the original Xbox that played like a video game, but also played as a movie with cinematic cutscenes, real time cutscenes and story. And the it was called, a, a I believe it was a noir love tale or noir love story. Something like that. Mm. Like that right there showed me that storytelling could be possible in another medium other than TV mm -hmm. and movies. So I met Remedy and they're just doing doing it again and having a Game of the Year nominee is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, I right, definitely I definitely believe um, definitely between Alan Wake 2. I'm only an Alan Wake 1 remaster right now. Um, trying to finish that up before I start Alan Wake 2. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> and it tells a great story. It tells a great story. It does. It um, does. And I got to go with Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Definitely between those two. Um, I'm definitely loving Super Mario Bros. Wonder on Nintendo. Um, it's definitely got a little twist. I can go behind the world and actually complete a mission and get coins, and it's just wonderful. It's beautiful. I can turn into an elephant. I, li I like that feature. Um, yeah, so definitely between those two. Right. I mean, honestly, like whoever wins, you there is no fault in this because mm -hmm. these are all great, practically 
10 out of 10, 9 out of 10 type of games, that, mm-hmm. the type of experiences that you don't see in a generation. And we mm-hmm. have, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. So mm-hmm. congrats to the, the nominees. And whoever wins, right. you got it. And most anticipated game we have Final Fantasy Rebirth, Hades 2, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. Ooh, we got a great list on that one. That's a big how, list. how you feel? The most anticipated game. Um, if I was a betting man, I would say Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth because mm. it's Final Fantasy 7. Like, hey, you're a smart man. Okay. <laughs> um, but my biased self would say mm-hmm. it's Star Wars Outlaws. That's my most yeah. anticipated for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that. I can yeah. definitely see that. Um, but Final Fantasy, they have a big fan base. Huge. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Gotta be, right? Right. Oh, man. Yeah, everybody likes it. You know, everybody likes mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. Even if you never played it before, the, when you do play it, I guarantee you're going to like it because mm-hmm. it's it's that epic. It's the most type of epic stories. It's from the 90s. A lot of things from the 90s mm-hmm. are great. Sorry to tell right. you. And I mean, that's how it is. Look, at, look at Resident Evil 4. They made Game of the Year. That is a whole remake. Right. A whole remake, a, like a game of the year remake of a game of the year. Right? <laughs> goes to show you that. Yo, you yo, care, you, fan bases. The fan is the fans, though. It's the fans. Y'all, y'all out here, y'all out here, man. Y'all out here, like yeah. And speaking geez. of fans, all you fans out there, all your friends and family of the GT Network, please just hit that like and subscribe for us. Ooh, hit that thing, please. Hit that please. bell. Hit that noty. Let us know. Let us know how you're enjoying the show, what we can do to improve, um, all, all the good things, all the good. We appreciate all yeah. the time you're watching. Definitely. Shout out to everybody listening on Apple. Shout out to everybody listening on Spotify. Uh, make sure y'all rate us if y'all can. Please, please. Right, right. Um, this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Yeah, facts. Right. And speaking of beginnings, we have the entertainment section of the podcast with the first News item of the day in entertainment, Rebel Moon trailer, part one, A Child of Fire, kicks off Zack Snyder's epic for Variety.com by Jaden Thompson. A new trailer for Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon part one, A Child of Fire, set for a limited one-week theatrical release on December 15th and a wide streaming release on Netflix on December 22nd. The story centers on a woman living on the outskirts of a galaxy who must find a group of warriors to save the galaxy from an invasion from a tyrant. Snyder revealed to Total Film that Rebel Moon takes place in the same universe as another Netflix film of his, Army of the Dead, though one is set in outer space and the other is in apocalyptic Las Vegas. So Snyder originally wrote this as a 172-page script for Rebel Moon, which he figured would translate into a three-hour-plus movie. Netflix and Snyder agreed to a cut the film into two parts as a result. Snyder has also shared that each part of Rebel Moon will have a director's cut available intended for adults only. Quote, I think for fans of mine and people who are ready to take a deeper, harder dive, that'll be fun for them, Snyder said to Vanity Fair. So how are you feeling about the Rebel Moon? 
Rebel Moon looks beautiful, to be honest. And the the female lead, she looked bad. Is she like killing everybody? Like, yo, for our audio listeners, yo, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah, for our audio listeners, we have a trailer of the Rebel Moon playing for the visuals, and we can see that there's a female lead, and she's just out here doing Zack Snyderly things. Yeah. <laughs> facts. Yeah, facts. There's, there's a fact about this movie. This movie started off as a Star Wars film by Zack Snyder that he wanted to pitch to Disney when they first bought the Lucasfilm and Star Wars from George Lucas. But obviously, you know how Zack is with his action and his grittiness, and it was a little bit too dark for Disney, so they decided to not go with that direction. And when he went to Netflix with this script, he had to script every, scrap everything about Star Wars and you know make it his own. So they gave him the money for it, and it has a theatrical cut, and they're also releasing on Netflix. So it's like a best of both worlds situation. And you have part one coming out here, and another part one come. I mean, part two coming out, and I believe less than six months from now. So Ooh. it's a short turnaround for this. This definitely epic. They have an animated series in the works. They also said they have the game in the works. So this is a whole universe that he's trying to build. And how he's saying he's tying this to Army of the Dead, yeah, he's trying mm. to build his own Zack Snyder-verse out there. <laughs> mm. And it looked good. It looked good. So, um, yeah, I ain't mad at it. I can't wait till it comes out in December. Netflix is dropping a lot this upcoming December. They're dropping the Batman movie. They're dropping Shazam. Like... Make sure y'all check Netflix because I was looking since I'm not a premium plus subscriber. I got to make sure I watch everything, hey, everything. Hey. That movie we went to go see in 4D in New York, they're dropping that too. I think we went to go see uh, Superman versus Batman in theaters with the moving seats and the, and the wind. Yeah, yeah, 4DX. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're dropping that. So I'm, I think we're going to maybe rewatch that. Like, hey. yo, yo. Yeah. Yeah. I even saw John Wick either two or three at 4DX. It was, mm. it was it was it was kind of yeah yeah it was yo it was, we need to go see another 4dx movie yeah. them things are popping <laughs> so with <Rebel laughs> Moon, are you gonna go to the theaters to watch it or are you gonna wait for netflix i'll probably wait for netflix to be honest <laughs> this is like i need the biggest screen my screen ain't big enough for, hey if my screen ain't big enough <laughs> uh, i need it all oh, no. all the pixels every, every listen i got the, i got the 65 i'm good i feel like that's big enough i'm gonna just wait i, no, I, I, I can I need, hold out for a little 100, bit 165 <laughs> i need, I need a little bit more than that <laughs> hey yo <laughs> <laughs> oh man well speaking of disney from the last netflix uh series uh disney plus is dropping echo and this is directly from Disney Plus. Streaming exclusively on Disney Plus, the origin story of Echo revisits Maya Lopez, whose ruthless behavior in New York City catches up with her in her hometown. She must face her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace the meaning of family and community if she ever hopes to move forward. Dropping on January 10th, 2024 from Marvel.com, Marvel Studios head of streaming Brad Winbrim said, quote, Marvel Spotlight gives us a platform to bring more grounded character-driven stories to the screen. And in the case of Echo, focusing on street-level stakes over a larger MCU community, 
He continued, just like the comic fans did not need to read Avengers or Fantastic Four to enjoy a Ghost Rider spotlight comic, he added, audience doesn't need to have seen the other Marvel series to understand what's happening in Maya's story. Mm. Mm. And I, have you watched this trailer? I, I watched this trailer like two, three times. Like yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like yeah. for our this, audio listeners, this trailer looks the good. trailer is playing visually for our video right here, and it, it this is definitely a grittier show than people were expecting, or maybe people were expecting this because her character was in the She-Hulk series, and you saw how she was. No, her character, I've been mistaken. She was in the Hawkeye series, I believe she mm. was. Where Kingpin was in, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it looks crazy. I can see like blood in Disney. I'm like, woo! Like this is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. Know. I've never seen this. And Kingpin, he looks good. Like yo, like yo, Maya goes off in this. Um, Kingpin helps her out, and she just goes rogue. Like. She's ready for war. Like, yep. Kingpin, help me out. I'm going to war. Like, yo, yeah. this is this is this is a first for Disney. And speaking of first, it's its first mature rated series. Mm-hmm. The first show with all five episodes releasing on the same day, and the first show that will release simultaneously on Disney Plus and Hulu. This mm. is big. This is big. Yo. Yo. And not only um, that, this is under Marvel's new banner that they're calling Marvel Spotlight. And under mm-hmm. Marvel Spotlight, that is their way of telling people that, hey, when this is a Marvel Spotlight either feature, you don't necessarily need to see what's going on with mm-hmm. this show to understand the greater cause or the greater story in the Marvel Universe. You can not watch this and mm. you will be fine. And you could watch this and get a little bit of extra nuggets if you want to, but it's not essential right. reading, so to speak, in the comic world. Definitely. definitely. And also for creators, it gives creators a way to be able to create in their own space and not have to be contruded to or confined to one little storyline that Kevin Feige has for all these characters. And over here in this little pocket, little world, and probably like mm-hmm. a couple neighborhoods in New York City, that's not a world threat, so to speak, like Endgame level, Captain Marvel level threat. This is just a, mm-hmm. a, some hood stuff going on. You mm-hmm. you can get a little deeper and get a little grittier, get a little darker, and it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be different. I'm I'm glad all five episodes are gonna release. That's something we get to see, and mm-hmm. they'll get to see the numbers and see if that's something that's viable. Maybe it's something we get to see um, that moves forward. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I'm with you 100 percent on that. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> now what I can't wait to see is what they have planned for Fantastic Four. And Mm. what they have planned is that word on the street is Pedro Pascal is set to play Reed Richards in Marvel's Fantastic Four movie. This comes from Mm. Deadline by Justin Crowe. After months of speculation who might play Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, in Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four, the wait may finally be over. While a deal is far from done, Sources tell Deadline that three-time Emmy nominee Pedro Pascal is in talks to play the leader of the iconic super team. That that is that is if that is 
does come out to be true. That is a humongous get for Disney. Humongous. Wow. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I wonder how much they're paying for him. Hmm. That, that's that's we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Insiders hmm. add that scheduling is still being worked out, but multiple sources close to the negotiations are saying it's headed in the right direction for Pascal to do this and his other future projects. Pascal has a full dance card that includes Gladiator 2, which is expected to go into production before the end of the year, as well as his popular HBO series, The Last of Us, which is expected to shoot next year, as well as Zach Kreger's Weapons. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what I'm talking about. Like, The Last of Us, yo, if you guys have not watched The Last of Us, please go watch The Last of Us on amazing. HBO. Uh, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Sony did their thing, and I expect so much from him. I hope this is not overwhelming him, picking up too much. Like that's that in itself is a masterpiece. Is a masterpiece. Get into the fact that he's he's also the Mandalorian, you know. And Mandalorian season four should be filming Mm -hmm. pretty soon, if not next year. So, but with that, he's might be doing just voiceover work from there because you have a stunt double inside the cost inside the suit for most of the time. And he has wears a helmet the whole time, so you don't necessarily need to have Pedro Pascal on set. You just have him do the voice. So they could, they could probably get away with a little bit of that. And also Disney and Disney, so they know their scheduling. They could figure the, their own scheduling out. Right, right. right. Now, mm. the, the next bit comes from the insnider.com by Jeff Snyder. Just before the strike took effect, they went out to Jake Gyllenhaal, but he wanted too much money, as did Adam Driver early on, if I'm not mistaken. Budget has been a real issue for this Fantastic Four movie, which is why Emma Stone isn't playing Sue Storm. She's too expensive, and Marvel's Kevin Feige is trying to contain talent costs. So what the rumor is, right now, the tentative cast for Fantastic Four is Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, the Visible Woman. Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things will be playing Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Eben Ma's backrum, Ben he'll be playing Ben Grimm, the Thing, and Oscar winner Javier Bardem as Galactus, with a twist on having a female Silver Surfer. So, how are you feeling about this team? Mm, I think that team is wonderful, but don't get me wrong. I would have loved, I would have loved to see Emma Stone. I, I'm so sad that she costs so much, but ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably probably pre-strike, they they might have been able to pull that off. Um, mm. But with you know Disney going through all these trials and tribulations with the budgeting of all their their endeavors, it's inevitable that they're gonna cut costs or cut costs. Excuse me somewhere and from what I what I read before is that Kevin Feige wants the characters to sell this more so than the actors so mm. that to, that, me, that made me a little bit more happy that they're not just trying to sell names and they actually care about these characters because this is Fantastic Four this is rich material and this is the first family this family should be here for the next 10-15 mm. years you know so if you're going to do it do it right take your time and we have trust in Kevin. He hasn't really failed that much. 
if at all. Mm. Wow. Speaking of rich people. Very. Rich people. Drake and your man J. Cole are going on tour together for Drake's album, It's All a Blur. This is from Taiwan Mormon from USA Today. Drake is set to go right back on the road, this time with J. Cole on the It's All a Blur, big as the what? Big as the what? Big as the... And... That tour, named after the lyrics from the pairs, It's All For All The Dogs track, First Person Shooter, kicks off with Two Nights in Denver on January 18th and 19th, 2024. The Grammy-winning artist will also make stops in Oklahoma City, New Orleans, Nashville, St. Louis, Memphis, and more before wrapping up in March 2027 in Birmingham, Alabama. They also just released the visuals for the song, First person shooter. Oh, how how'd you did you watch this video? Yeah, for our visual watchers, the video is playing right now. And for audio listeners, the video is playing right now. And you'll be able to watch it on YouTube and Spotify. Um, yeah, I'm hyped about this video. This is one of the best videos I've seen this this whole year. You can see that they actually put some thought to it and harken back to the mid to late 90s where mm -hmm. music videos were big and elaborate and they actually matched with the lyrics that they were talking about like for instance the spider-man meme and they have here dressed up as spider-man things like that right. that goes a long right. way to show mm -hmm. that not only that you're creative and your your visuals stand out with your creativity but also that you mm -hmm. care you care about the material and we appreciate that more people need should care and show that they care about their products packs and uh i believe drake and j cole uh did they think with this video like them playing ping pong in a world arena and you know the whole spider-man meme thing like they drake actually dressed up as spider-man and j cole had you know his top and bottom spider-man on and they pointing at each other like the real meme like <laughs> that's crazy like and then drake going from a wolf to a to a to himself like Yo, the transition man. from that was wild. And, like, he's coming. And this is for all the dogs. Like, phew. Oh, man. man. Um, I definitely hope whoever goes to this tour has a great time. I know J. Cole's not going to all the tour dates, so make sure y'all check uh, those tour tickets. But, um, yeah, I know it's going to be wonderful. I'm planning on trying to go to J. Cole's festival. Hopefully he brings out Drake. I heard he brought him out last year. Mm. Um, but I don't think I'm going to make any of these tour dates. But hopefully the festival. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. excited about it's, it, man. Uh, it's a lot going on in the world, man. And as far as, you know, everybody in the world, everybody in the world, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Um, it definitely helps us. Definitely helps us. If you're liking this, please let us know. Hit us up in the comments. We'll answer you right away. We promise, man. Let us know what you want to hear on the podcast. Like, anything. anything we definitely anything. appreciate y'all. All the views. Definitely appreciate y'all. Let's do it. Every view. 30-second view, 5-second mm -hmm. view, 2-second view, yeah. the whole view, all the views. We appreciate <laughs> it. All of them. <laughs> facts. 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 
And speaking of all the views, we're going to get into technology. Everybody got views on Apple right now. Everybody. Mm. Uh, it's a lot going on with Apple. Apple, Apple's... <laughs> Let me just go get into it. So Apple's plans ambitious iOS 18 by Mark Gurman from Bloomberg. The next generation of Apple software, iOS 18, and other operating systems due next year is even more critical than usual. The company is racing to catch up with Google and OpenAI and generative AI, and iOS 18 is poising to bring such technology to the iPhone. The iOS update also needs to be extra impressive because the iPhone 16's hardware won't have any major advances next year. So Apple is banking on the software to sell people on the new models. Internally, Apple senior management has described its upcoming operating systems as ambitious and compelling, mm. with major new features and designs in addition to security and performance improvements. Mm. Mm. No yeah. hardware? What's going on? No, no hardware? Yeah, cool. uh, yeah, apparently, you know, iOS... The 15 has some overheating issues, all models, all four yeah, models. Yeah. And oh, I'm was, so was glad. Fix. Did you have the 15? No, I got the 13 Pro Max okay. right now. So I'm good with that. I'm good with that right, right, right now. I got the OLED screen. I'm good. I don't need the upgrade right now. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, what, what's enticing is the USB-C and having mm. your, you know, your one car, your one cord to rule them all. But with the iOS 18, I mean... And with the hardware improvements, you don't necessarily need it. The, the chip, the chip is as powerful as it can be right now. There's nobody touching it. Um, you just mm -hmm. add some AI to it because that's that's a buzzword that you don't have on your platform right now. Mm -hmm. And so I could understand what they mean by software. Just just have Siri take over the entire phone for you, if <laughs> you know, if you really want to do it. And just yeah. run up everybody else and just be like, hey, like this is your assistant, your personal assistant, and everything. Mm. Um, there's big changes and big improvements is needed and we'll, we'll see what happens with Apple I, I have no doubt that iOS 18 is going to be great um, yeah I mean I feel like every iOS update even though the latest one where I got to send a voice note and it like detects the, uh, the words I mean I get it it detects the words for you so if you know someone sends you a voice note you can still read it but it takes forever to send now. So that's one of the iOS updates that I hate. Um, but it's still great other things that I can, you know, hold my phone up to the sky and look for that GPS signal. And, you know, if I'm in the middle of the woods somewhere or somebody takes me to the middle of the woods, I can still try to call 911 or at least send a, a text message at least. Because um, I believe you can send a text message to 911 now and they'll actually come find you. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Apple does great things. Apple does great things. Um, Apple is also a bunch of bullies. I can't hold you. Apple can be a bunch of bullies sometimes, but yeah, um, they are. <laughs> when you're, when you're that, you don't get that big without you know rubbing uh -huh. people the wrong way. And right. apparently, Apple rubbed the wrong people the wrong way because mm. the EU is coming for Apple. Siloing mm. and other changes are coming to iOS in the EU soon. This comes from Wes Davis from The Verge, who is reporting from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman's Power On newsletter where he states, subscribers today that highly controlled iOS siloing is coming in the first half of next year. Europe requires that, quote, gatekeepers like Apple make such changes 
by March 2024. It'll be interesting to see what, quote, highly controlled means. And Wes Davis goes on to say, I wouldn't be surprised if siloing is no walk in the park. I wouldn't be surprised either. Knowing Apple, they're going to make it very, very difficult for people to siloed apps. And what siloing means, for people that don't know siloing, siloing means taking an app from another source, like a website or downloading it a file from somewhere or dragging a file from your computer and putting it on your computer, uh, on your phone, and installing it without the app store. So basically having any app on your phone without using the app store, that's siloing. Mm. And Apple hasn't allowed siloing since Apple created the iPhone because they tout security risks, which is absolutely true. So you could have malware. People could put bogus apps and put on your phone and scan your phone for everything. That is completely true. But also the bigger part is they take 30% of every single sale that they have on the iPad on the iPhone and the iPad and now Mac OS. And that includes in-app purchases. So they have a vested interest to make sure that you cannot or they would not allow you to how can I say quickly and efficiently silo apps or circumvent their their security systems. So this whole rule right here is for them to be a little bit more open, like how Android is. And Android allows you to download apps from wherever you are, from what the sources you want to, as a gift and a curse. Mm. I, I think Android is superior for that. Um, there are phones with like extra security precautions uh, with Android um, that take your data very seriously. Um yeah, you but have I don't know. Kinda, Knox and the yeah, Google Ten. Yeah. Right, exactly. So um I'm pretty sure Apple could do the same thing. And that whole 30% thing, and they had that battle with uh Epic Games with Fortnite. They took Fortnite off iOS. Um I think that was that thing was was, was crazy in itself. And that's when I'm, I was like, yo, like Apple could be some bullies. Like, how you bully Fortnite off your platform? Like, no, they didn't Fortnite, do that. Epic Epic knew what they were doing. They had the lawsuit ready and waiting because they knew they was violating the terms of service of the agreement that they had with Apple that you can't circumvent the Apple payment system with using a outside payment system. But they knew that they were the biggest game in the world at the time and everybody playing the game Fortnite on the iPhone. So if people were to lose the Fortnite game, which is the vocal minority of children, they will be on Twitter and they will champion and you know scream to the to the their lungs fall off that they lost their 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 iPhone with Fortnite on it. So as soon as Apple took it off, the next minute the the paperwork came out and a tweet came out that you know they're suing Apple for in that purchases and this has been going on for years now. Yeah, yeah. Still, I mean, it is their game though, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you can make it's a, it's a fine argument. It's a fine because they even as open as Android is. Epic is currently in court with Google for this the same thing they was in court with Apple for, which is Google taking thirty percent of every single transaction that happens in the store, and they believe that that's a monopoly and they can't create their own store. But Google allows people to have their own store. Samsung has their own store on the Samsung phones. Do people use it? No, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> so right. that's what they can say that hey we allow it so if you was in court and they're not blocking it you know what I mean but 
who wants to use another store? I just want to go to the store and download my Google apps. Right, right. I, I hear that. I hear that. So Gurman mm. goes on to say, he also mentions that changes are coming to messages, but it's important to keep in mind that messages, the app, and iMessage, the service, are drastically different things. The EU is currently investigating whether iMessage counts as a quote-unquote core platform service under the new regulation. Yeah, they're coming. They're coming for Apple. Mm. They, they really are. As they should, everybody. <laughs> Let's see, because Apple can be a bunch of bullies. Sorry, mm-hmm. Apple, but you can sometimes. I'm just saying. Right. You got great stuff. You do got great stuff. I support you, but you can definitely be a bunch of bullies. And USB-C uh, is Apple just like... And, and Android, though. Um, there is this nothing phone. And from the nothing company, it's called the phone and the phone too. And they have an interesting thing to have some collaborative ability to go between iOS and Android. Is that the actual phone right there? No, that is a mock-up from the next web of an old iPhone with the EU um, logo on it to try to make okay. it look fun saying that the EU owns the iPhone. Mmm. Yeah. Eesh. Well, Spice it comes from the Washington Post. It says Nothing Chats is a third-party app publisher that allows you to download this app onto your phone to allow you to see blue messages. The only twist is you have to give your app your Apple ID and password. This comes from Chris Velazaco from the Washington Post. For the most part, it really does work. Engage someone in the iMessage conversation from Nothing Chats, and they'll see their message inside blue bubbles. Same as if they were chatting with another iPhone owner. If they added your Apple ID to their contact card, those iMessages would appear in a thread alongside other previously exchanged texts. Sending images in full quality is generally no problem, and neither is firing off voice memos. So this is an Android phone with the ability to tap into iMessage with blue bubbles. And this is exclusive to nothing's iPhone, t- well, nothing's phone too. Very, 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 very interesting circumstances going on over there. What you thinking about that? Uh, personally, I'm looking at this like, are you crazy? Uh, I'm not giving nobody my Apple ID or password. Like, no, no. It has, it has things in my wallet, you know, all my cards, my house information, everything. Like, I'm pretty sure my COVID information is in there from COVID-19 because we had to show our um, little passes up in New York and New Jersey. Um, yeah, that's a lot of information on my phone. Yeah, I think a lot of people are skeptical about giving a company access to their Apple ID that has all their personal notes and documents and pictures mm-hmm. and videos and yeah. et cetera, you know, like... Um, but but nothing says that this is built. Nothing chats is built on Sunburst architecture. And for those that don't know Sunburst, Sunburst is a company that creates an app similar to the app Beeper, and that app also claims that you can use iMessage on other devices. And but it uses the same thing. You have to have your Apple ID and give that to somebody else. So it's like handshaking your Apple ID to somebody mm. and then they're talking to Apple and then Apple gives it back to them and they bring it back to you. So that is scary in itself. 
it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. But uh, you got it, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, they said Android Authority actually reached out to nothing about the security concerns the apps compose. And a spokesperson from the company replied. They said, quote, regarding security, Sunbird doesn't store any message data slash metadata or usernames and passwords besides the email used to create the Sunbird login. Sunbird's proprietary technology allows for the pass-through and deletion of data. Whether you choose to sign with an Apple ID, existing Apple ID or create a new one, your Apple ID is stored immediately destroyed during the tokenization process upon logging in, so at no point is it vulnerable to bad actors. Sunbird's server data streams are fully encrypted, and even if they were to be any intrusion on the data stream, Apple ID would not be able to be accessed as they are not stored anywhere at any point and are automatically deleted as part of the tokenization process. Mm. Mm. So mm. they talk a good talk. They do talk a good talk because even, you know, government agencies use tokens, like if they're traveling, because they got to be all over the place. Uh, they use tokens. So uh, I get it. I get the whole concept. But still, still, once that it's in that token, I understand that token's getting deleted. But what's to say, like, something can transmit, get that token before it hits that delete? Like, I understand that y'all saying it's immediate, but people DDoS attacks everything nowadays. Like, what if it stops? Does it get deleted? Like, I don't know. It's just so many things that I feel like that could happen. So I would not even trust it. But again, people might feel compelled. <laughs> I can't stop them. I can't stop you if it feel like getting an EU phone. But I'm just saying. Right. Uh, for our audio listeners, we have a picture of the Nothing Phone 2 right up on the screen. And what's unique about it is they have lights on the back. And each light can be programmed to have certain actions, like it could be programmed where one light turns on and that lets you know that you have a message, one light will turn on and let you know you have an email and they have different colors. And it's essentially created to be the iPhone of Android. It is a simple device with, made by a completely simple company and it's actually pretty cheap. That's why the company calls themselves Nothing and the phone is called The Phone. They also have headbuds. Earbuds, headphones, they have a nice little nothing ecosystem for their devices. So check them out if you get a chance. Mm. Wow. We're still talking about the EU. And um, I believe this week was the deadline for Apple Mm -hmm. to argue to the EU regulators that iMessage shouldn't be designated as a core platform service. So anything happen with that? Uh. I believe some things got turned around, actually. Hmm. So. Wait, next topic? Apple announces that RCS support is coming to iPhone next year by Chance Miller, 9to5Mac. In a surprising movie, Apple has announced today that it will adopt the RCS, Rich Communication Services Messaging Standard. The feature will launch via a software update later next year and bring a wide range of iMessage-style features to messaging between iPhone and Android users. 
Apple spokesperson says, quote, later next year, we will be adding support for RCS Universal Profile, the standard as a current published by the GSM Association. We believe RCS Universal Profile will offer a better interoperability experience when compared to SMS or MMS. Uh, this will work alongside iMessage, which will continue to be the best and most secure messaging experience for Apple users. Uh, end quote. This is not Apple opening up iMessage to other platforms. Instead, it's the company adopting RCS separately from iMessage. And I love that because I sh it shouldn't take forever for me to send a high-res photo from Apple um, to give it to Android and it's like a delay. It's not instant where I can send it to iPhone to iPhone. It's it's instant iPhone to iPhone or airdropping on iPhone. But it takes forever to send to Android, or sometimes it'll even tell me like it has a, it didn't send. It did not send. And but it, maybe it really did send, and you'll be like, all right, I, I finally got it. But it's it's no really telling like from an iPhone you know user standard. So I'm glad they're adopting this. Uh, it's about time. Um, but. I know the green bubbles are probably still going to be there. Yeah, so they have confirmed that the RCS messages will still be green bubbles. And they want to make sure that people understand that you are an iPhone user and iPhone users yeah. are using the iMessage protocol. And that protocol is going to be blue always. And they use it as a kind of, like you said before, a bully tactic to, for mm -hmm. young teens to be like, hey, you're messing up our group chat. Get out of our group chat. You have a little Android <laughs> phone. We don't want your little green messages. We want our blue messages because we want to be able to right. transfer videos and mm -hmm. you know, play Scrabble yeah. in the iMessage or Connect yeah. for an yeah. iMessage and things like that. So it's completely, right. completely understandable. Um, for anybody that didn't know, the RCS is... Uh, basically the iMessage version for Android users and that is something that Google uses and to make sure that people can talk encrypted one-to-one -one encrypting or even group encrypted messages and you can send links you can send unaltered videos and pictures mm -hmm. and full resolution to pe people around the world and it's an amazing amazing protocol it's basically the next step or the next evolution of SMS, MMS, and Apple's going to still use SMS, MMS as the last, last fallback, and regular text messages will be RCS from starting in 2024. So I'm very interested to see how Apple implements that, and Google actually announced that they will be here to help Apple with trying to get RCS working on their platform. So hey, talking to each other can get better, and that's all fine yeah. with me. And thank you, EU, for doing mm -hmm. what you what you should be doing. <laughs> doing what you do best. Yes, protecting your, your challenging the system. <laughs> I can't thank you enough. You got us USB C yeah. on iPhone. You got yeah. us RCS messages on iPhone. Next thing you know, hopefully mm -hmm. you you'll be able to have Microsoft have their own Xbox store on iPhone and all to be good. And that's a topic Whoa. for another day. Maybe we'll talk about that next Whoa. week. So if you want to talk about next week, hit that like and subscribe. Let us know that that's a topic yeah. you want to hear about. And I guarantee you that's something we'll talk about. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, and for our viewers out there, if you don't know what SMS means, it's just short messaging service. And then, you know, MMS is, you know, multimedia and messaging service, just like we were talking about with the videos and the photos. So 
Um, yeah, definitely like and subscribe. Uh, with that, you know, photo, whatever y'all trying to see on the, on our stream, follow us at the GET Network on Instagram, Twitter. Well, listen, tag us, whatever photo video it is you want us to talk about. Let us know. We will talk about it right here. Right here. Right yes, here. Sir. GET Network, the Get Games, Together Podcast. Entertainment and technology, baby. Thank you guys very much. And we'll see you next week. See y'all next week, man. Oh.